Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. The show is called Fired Up, and we are live. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am on TikTok and YouTube. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. And if you missed the show live, don't sweat it, man. It's 2023. And wherever you listen to the podcast, iTunes, iHeart, Google, Deezer, Spreaker, et cetera, et cetera, wherever you're listening, I am there. I am partly brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Block 50 Global Radio is wherever you are on social media, wherever you are on podcasts. Plenty to get to today. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Duke Blue Devils taking down the Clemson Tigers. We're going to be discussing Andre Drummond. This man literally says that he's one of the top best players of all time, believes he's Hall of Fame ready, and at the bare minimum, he's the best rebounder that's ever played the game of basketball. Okay, respectfully, I disagree, amigo. We're going to be talking about the Colorado Buffs. Now that they're developing a little bit of fame, how well will they be able to handle it? Steve Young says he's having PTSD from the Charles Haley trade. He believes that they traded away Super Bowls. We'll dive into that. Steve Forbes, the head basketball coach at Wake Forest, coaching through some serious adversity. And DJ Reed, the cornerback of the New York Jets, says that this year's football team defensively is going to be legendary. And he did cite the 85 Bears. He did cite the 2013-2014 Seattle Seahawks defense, we're going to get into that. Obviously, last night's game, Clemson-Duke. Clemson just laid an egg. And yet another reason why I just do not agree with preseason top 25 polls. They don't mean diddly. You are literally, literally sitting there telling me that I am supposed to believe a team that we have not seen play at all this season is ranked in the top 10, 15, 25 teams out of 130-plus Division I college football teams, I'm supposed to automatically believe that's the case. Yeah, I don't think so, man. I've been saying it, and I'm going to continue to say it. We don't need regular season polls until, honestly, after the eighth week. And we honestly don't need college football playoff polls until the 12th week. I firmly believe that. You've got teams that don't even play in week zero. You've got teams that get multiple bye weeks that do play in week zero. USC, how impressive have they been? That opening game against San Jose State was nothing. You know, Caleb Williams made some good plays. Okay, fine. I'm willing to put him in the discussion of the Heisman Trophy, but I'm not willing to say that USC is a top 15 team in the country right now. Look at the teams in the Big 12 that all laid eggs. Obviously, we're all very impressed with what Colorado did, but I've always said the Big 12 was one of those overrated conferences. OU's win, not impressive to me over Arkansas State. Baylor loses to Texas State. How did KU fare? You've got multiple teams in the Big 12 that lost games that they really shouldn't have. TCU, they were favored by 20 thanks to preseason polls and for what? Shout out Dion. I'm a big primetime fan. I was on that bandwagon before the season started. But 20-point favorites? We don't know anything about that football team with life after Max Duggan. And you're telling me that they're already going to be better than every, you know, than how many other teams in the country? I don't get it. I never will get it. And I'll always hate it. 
as far as the actual Duke and Clemson game itself is concerned, look, let's be honest. Duke probably should have won that football game by more than what they did. And it really wasn't a blowout until later on in the football game. But Clemson, normally I would say beat themselves. In this case, I'm going to say that Duke stepped up and made the plays necessary to win that football game. First of all, you got Waters, hell of a running back, extremely patient behind that O-line. Waiting, waiting, picking his spots, and gunning it. He's got that first step speed, and then once he's in the open field, exceptionally difficult to tackle. Obviously, the play by the quarterback, Leonard, really kind of set that thing ablaze, especially in the second half, offensively for Duke. Got out of trouble in the backfield, ends up scampering down the sideline for a hell of a touchdown. Clemson was, you could say, awful with their special teams. But again, in this case, I'm going to give Duke credit. I'm going to give Duke credit and say that they made the plays on special teams that ended up giving them that win. Two blocked field goals. One, I I would be willing to say, okay, special teams mistake. Two, that's just great special teams play from Duke. That's all there is to it. They are outmanning you on special teams. What it boils down to was Duke made some extreme, extremely good hustle plays in that football game. Look, you, you take the big play that happened, right, where Clemson was getting ready to get in position after they had that huge run. But to me, they didn't score because it all started with the trickle-down effect when Jeremiah Lewis made a really big hustle play to stop him from going into the end zone. That led to what ended up being poor, poor execution down on the goal line from Clemson. Then on top of that, they end up getting the penalty, right, which backed them up five yards. That led to a sack on third down, and then that led to a blocked field goal. Duke was just better. Had the fumble recovery that almost went for six. Had an interception, and look, as far as Clemson goes, I will say for the most part, Will Shipley did his thing. He played great football, and I know that he's a big reason probably why Clemson was still on the map. I think a lot of people believe that Dabo Sweeney is that coach, that he just reloads. Whoever he plugs and plays in there is going to have some success, but we're just not seeing that he's he's quite there yet. He's just not. Let's not forget that it was called Clemsoning, and I understand that they had a very good run there, but as they say, all good things must come to an end. Do I know that it's over? Not for sure. It is one game. Does it look good as the moment? Absolutely not. I really just think that they ran into a Duke team that wasn't going to sit back and play that. They weren't intimidated. They weren't impressed. Who cares what number you put in front of a football team when they haven't scored? And to be honest with you, that would have been my pep talk. Guys, they're 0-0 zero and zero like us. I don't give a damn what number anybody puts in front of their name. They're going to have to show me. Because that's honestly how I feel about it. You're going to have to show me. And to be honest with you, it's not fair to the schools. It's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the coaches. It's really not. Because you don't know what you're going to get. 
season to season in college football. It's not just with the transfer portal. There's always been a rotating amount of players in college football. They leave, they go, they go to the NFL, they go on to their other careers. There's just a certain dynamic that's there with college football, and especially with the transfer portal, the way that it is right now, you never really know what you are going to get. That's the reality, whether anybody wants to face it or not. And with that going on, even more so now than before, top 25 polls should all be but extinct. Shout out to Duke because they put a button on it. We don't know what this win is going to mean for Duke down the road. We don't know what it's going to mean for Clemson down the road. That's the point. It could be that Duke really is that good. I doubt it, but it could be. But for right now, it doesn't look like Clemson is all that great. I know everybody's talking about last season. Well, Duke never lost a game by double digits, and that happened for the first time since the 50s. That's all fine and dandy, okay? But that was last year. This is this year. We didn't know about either one of these teams really, truly at all going into this season. Right now, what we do know about Duke, defensively, they're still damn good. Offensively, they've got an incredible running back, a quarterback who can make a couple plays for you, and a really good special teams. That's what we know about them. We don't know how they'll be down the road. Guys, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. The show is called Fired Up, and I am live, brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Still plenty more to get to. We're going to be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. everybody i am drew duncan you guys are checking me out live on the show fired up facebook twitter and instagram is all at drew duncan radio of course i am also on tiktok and youtube simply look for the real drew duncan and do not forget that if you miss the show live i am wherever you are listening to podcasts simply tell your device to play fired up by drew duncan on itunes iheart deezer google wherever you are listening i am there i am brought to you in part by block 50 global radio still plenty to get to today the best rebounder of all time isn't dennis rodman maybe maybe not we'll see in the meantime steve young (laughs) steve young says that he's potentially suffering a little bit of ptsd and that we shouldn't be trading anybody to the dallas cowboys of course he was talking about trey lance he brought up the charles haley trade and specified saying, look, we lost some Super Bowls potentially. You know, I, I guess we just forget how important defense is to a football team, right? We we live in a day and age where it's all about quarterbacks, right? I mean, I mean, I've caught an absolute hell on the internet for saying, look, Brock Purdy is a very average quarterback on a very loaded football team. And that without him, they probably still would have gone just as far as they did. 
right? I cited the fact that we don't know what they would do with Trey Lance and having that football team because he only played, what was it, five quarters? So we got a small sample size from Trey Lance. Jimmy G comes in. Along comes Christian McCaffrey. They win four games with Jimmy G, McCaffrey, Kittle, etc. And then Jimmy G goes down. And then Purdy comes in. They continue their win streak all the way to the NFC Championship game. And all I said was, look, he's not the main piece to the puzzle. You go back and you look at the Denver Broncos when they won their latest Super Bowl, when they defeated the Carolina Panthers, they were carried by that defense. Von Miller was the Super Bowl MVP. Peyton Manning didn't even throw for 130 in that football game. Turned it over, what, three times? Led the NFL in turnovers in that season. Was it three out of four weeks that he was riding a pine from injury in Denver? I'm not saying that quarterbacks aren't always going to be a necessity. And I'm not saying some quarterbacks can't make or break a football team. I am simply stating one thing and one thing only. And that is simply this. They're not the only piece. I mean, you look at the 49ers alone to Steve Young's point, and we're not just talking about Charles Haley. What about Deion Sanders? He gets to go to Dallas. And what happens? Dion wins a Super Bowl with Frisco. He goes to Dallas. They won a title. Didn't Charles Haley play in five Super Bowls and win them all? What about Bill Romanowski? He was a 49er. When he was with the Niners, they obliterated John Elway and the Denver Broncos. When he goes to Denver, they won a Super Bowl. What does it all amount to? Every piece of the puzzle matters. You start losing guys, big key players, look what happens. I mean, Neil Smith, he goes to Denver. He's on that football team. They get a Super Bowl. Alfred Williams, if I remember correctly, Denver acquired him from the Cincinnati Bengals. They won a Super Bowl with him. And it goes back to something that I've been saying, I don't know for how long, When these teams like the Detroit Lions and some of these others, they hold on to their main guys. Why? Because it's going to look really bad when they go somewhere else and they are very successful, especially if they are already not on a successful football team. The older analogies that I give, Barry Sanders, Megatron, the newer ones, Jonathan Taylor, The disrespect is real, but also understand that it's partly because of the respect, knowing what somebody else could mean to another football team. They could be the last piece of the puzzle. Look at Christian McCaffrey. Carolina wasn't doing anything. He goes to Frisco. They understand how to use him, and look how well they did last season. It's the ultimate nightmare for any football team. And the fact of the matter is, if you're the 49ers, you're going to come out of this thing looking even dumber, right? Because you look really dumb right now. You traded up how many draft picks to get this guy. 
You let him go to Dallas eventually. You just say to hell with it because you think Brock Purdy's the next big thing. You let go of Jimmy G. He goes to what? The Raiders? Now, now you have to look at it and go, okay, if anything happens to Deck Prescott, he gets hurt, and Trey Lance starts enjoying some really good success over there, and they decide to stick with him, and they go deep into the playoffs, how good do you look? And look, here's the thing. It's always a 50-50 shot, right? Let's be honest. It's always a 50-50 shot on what can happen. It's not always black and white. It's not always cut and dry. It's not always exactly what we think it's going to be. Everything is 50-50. That's just all there is to that scenario. But the reality is the 49ers just in and of themselves have let go of some extremely good football players. And you've had to ask yourself, what were the reasons? Was it salary cap? You didn't think they were good. Were they past their prime? Whatever the case may be, they didn't fit in with the locker room anymore. There's 101 situations. I mean, hell, the 49ers and T.O., you look at that and you go, well, T.O. was kind of a, you know, a crybaby or whatever, wherever he went. But simultaneously, the man's a Hall of Famer and nobody can ever take that away from him. Now, we never got a ring. But he got close to getting one right in Philly. So just imagine maybe how different things would have turned out if T.O. would have got that ring in Philly. The immediate answer is there is none. The long-term solution to just about anything is really finding a guy in the draft. I'm very old school. The Packers have used this approach. I think it works. I'm very old school in that I really don't believe that teams need to be looking to sign free agency. It runs rampant, and I believe that athletes should be able to determine where they play, who they play for, why they're going there, whether it's money, whether it's a chance to win a Super Bowl, or whatever the case may be. I firmly believe that athletes should be able to have their futures and their careers in their own hands. I believe that. And I think there needs to be more done on the other side of things. Simultaneously, there is no long-term answer for solutions like this because now guys are going to follow the money a lot of times. And then, you know, people, well, now they want to retire. Now they want to go chase rings and yada, yada, yada. Look, I, I am not against getting your dollars up while you can. simultaneously, how does it make anybody look? And, and here's the thing. I, I get frustrated with this because you take a guy like Mike Evans who's played for how many different quarterbacks? Leave out Tom Brady. And I understand that Winston and Fitzmagic and a lot of these other guys are not even going to sniff the Hall of Fame. They're not even going to be seen as good quarterbacks, let alone greater Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And was it the last nine years he's had 1,000-yard receiving seasons? He's been willing to stick it out on a bad team, but they've also taken care of him financially for the most part, understanding what he brings to the table. We don't want him to go anywhere else. We understand that if this guy is here, he is going to attract eventually either that really great quarterback that we can draft or somebody that we can get over here in free agency that's going to fit in with what we have going on. At the end of the day, that's really all it can really amount to. And you have to hope that in free agency, everything works out because otherwise you just look like all you did was make dumb moves. 
Not everybody's built the same. For me, the point of all this is defense matters a lot more than people understand. Running backs still matter at any level of football, middle school, high school, collegiate, NFL. It doesn't matter to me. They will always matter. I hate when people say it's a team game when you're talking about a quarterback you think is overrated. But then when somebody brings up a a quarterback being overrated, it's, well, somebody's got to get him the football. Somebody's got to do this. Somebody's got to, like, dude, chill out. Like, it's so ass backwards to me. It really is. That's all I'm saying. I am Drew Duncan. I am live. The show is called Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Do not forget that if you miss the show live, I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Google, Spreaker. Wherever you are listening, I am there. Still plenty more to get to today. Dennis Rodman, potentially not the GOAT at Rebounder. We're going to dive into that. We're also going to be talking about DJ Reed and his comments. The quarterback from the New York Jets says that their defense will be historical this year. As in 85 Bears historical. Seattle Seahawks 2013-2014 historical. We're going to be discussing that as well. We've got just the news coming up. What about Colorado? How will they handle everybody right in their jock right now? Success is a hell of a drug. And the higher up you climb, the longer the fall, my man. Still plenty to get to. Again, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. We'll be back right after this. And as always, don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show, Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and Patreon by looking for Drew Duncan. And do not forget that wherever you listen to the podcast, I am there. If you miss the show live, you can always find me on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, etc. Wherever you're listening, I am there. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Still plenty to get to. 
Ooh, excuse me. Still plenty to get to today. We got news only coming up. Steve Forbes, he's going to be coaching despite his wife having a stroke. In the meantime, Andre Drummond says he is the GOAT at rebounding. As a matter of fact, here is the exact clip right here of Andre Drummond giving off this weird stat and why he thinks he's the best rebounder of all time in the history of professional basketball. Man, listen to this. Seriously. Perspective, like I just said, I used to play 40-plus minutes. I was a star, all-star, all-NBA. I've done it. All-of-fame candidate. Best rebounder ever. I've been seeing this little graphic going around. Something about you being the ever. total rebound percentage. Ever. Oh, you already know what I'm talking about. I'm the best ever. No doubt. What do you mean? Okay, okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Big big man in, in the history of the game, where do you rank yourself? Where do you see yourself? In terms of rebounding? Or as a big man? All around, everything. Whatever you want. I'm not going to lie. There's some, some good-ass bigs in the time. I think I've done, I've done great in my career. I think I have a chance to be a Hall of Fame player due to what I've done in my career. Actually, I'm pretty sure I'm in the top 20 for being in the Hall of Fame. So I have a great chance. Best rebounder ever. Ever. Yeah, so I'm going to say no to all of that. Look, Andre Drummond was a hell of a basketball player. And for those who don't know, the graphic that they were referring to was when so-and-so was in the game, what is the best percentage that they have of getting a rebound. Andre Drummond showed up number one at 24%. Rodman was number two with like 23.7%, et cetera, et cetera. This is absolutely why I hate stats and why I hate people who come up with all these weird stats and why I hate people who just need a stat line in order to prove everything. Because as I have always said, the numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the entire story either. If anybody watched basketball, if anybody watched Andre Drummond, you would know he's pretty good. And you can go and look up his stats, and you're going to see a double-double. I'll tell you what you won't see. At any given moment, did he ever average anything other than 33 minutes a game, if I remember correctly? In fact, his career average was 28.2 minutes per game. Now, I will say that with that type of average, it does make look what he did rebounding and scoring a lot more impressive. But here's the thing, though. When you look at some of the teams he's played for, Detroit, haven't been very good. When you look at Chicago, not very good. To already put himself in a top 20 Hall of Fame, to say, I, come on, there there are 20 players I could think of off the top of my head that are all better basketball players than Andre Drummond. And I mean, off the top of my head, seriously, probably just from my generation alone, easily, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. I mean, that's what Patrick Ewing was a better basketball player than Andre Drummond. I mean, Patrick Ewing is responsible for the way that a lot of guys shoot free throws now. The hesitation when you're at the top of the goose. Charles Barkley was a better basketball player than Andre Drummond. And I think the proof is in the pudding when he went to L.A. and didn't do anything. Now, I understand that they got Anthony Davis right around the same time, but that should tell you about everything that you need to know, Right. If Anthony Davis is getting more time than you, you're coming in behind him. Your role is basically his backup. Then explain to me where you think you're a Hall of Famer. Because if you're better than Anthony Davis, you would be playing more. Now, I understand that in his career, Andre Drummond had some very unfortunate injuries. I get that. Okay. But a lot of players did. And here's the thing. Rodman was going up against guys that were three times his size. So what Rodman did was more astronomical 
because he was in a tougher, more physical era of basketball, and he was still probably the best rebounder and probably best defender of his era. And I do mean people will tell you that he may have been better than Shaq. Now, the numbers won't indicate that. The numbers won't indicate that at all. In fact, the numbers would indicate that Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Elvin Hayes, Moses Malone, Tim Duncan, Carl Malone, Robert Parrish, KG, Dwight Howard, Nate Thurman, Walt Bellamy, Wes Unseld, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaq, Buck Williams, Jerry Lucas, Bob Pettit, Charles Barkley, Dikembe McTumbo are all by themselves better rebounders. One of my favorite guys lost in all of it, Charles Oakley, better rebounder. In fact, you have to go all the way to, to 23 before you get to Rodman. So the numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the entire story either. And even then, you you look, you could say, well, Wilt Chamberlain was in an era, you know, where guys weren't really his size yet. You could say Bill Russell was in an era where there weren't a lot of teams, so it was easier to be star-studded. But then again, you're playing less games, so you're averaging more by, by that notation. So it's really difficult to find out whether or not who's the best. I think if we go by era... We could maybe incorporate Andre Drummond into that. But even then, let's just go by the numbers since that's what everybody wants to do and that's what he wants to do. Pau Gasol is ahead of Andre Drummond. By the way, so is Patrick Ewing, Dirk Nowitzki, Elgin Baylor, Bill Bridges, Jack Sigma, LeBron James, David Robinson, that's right, the Admiral, Ben Wallace, Tyson Chandler. Do you see where I'm going with this? Bill Lambeer, Otis Thorpe. Where in the absolute hell is Andre Drummond going to tell anybody that he's top 20 all time when he's not even top 50 in rebounds? DeAndre Jordan has more rebounds. Pardon me, not top 50, not top 20, not top 25, not top 30, not top 35, not top 40. You have to go all the way down to number 43 before you see good old Andre Drummond telling us that he's a top 20 player of all time, telling us that he's a Hall of Fame candidate, telling us that he's this, that he's that. Sir, respectfully, I disagree. Wholeheartedly, as a matter of fact, amigo. Look, and I understand that since this has all come out, you know, there's been all these Andre Drummond appreciation posts and all that. I'm not saying that he wasn't a good basketball player. I'm just saying that if we're going to go off of stats, which is what everybody wants to do, then he's not even top 40 yet in rebounds, and he's been in the league for 10 years. He didn't do anything in L.A., What did he really do in Cleveland? I just don't see it. I don't understand. And and look, it's okay to give yourself high praise. All right? Just like Nicolas Cage, it's high praise. If you know, you know. That's fine if he wants to see himself that way. But I'm not going to say that it's reality either. The fact of the matter is... I need everybody to stop all goat discussions until their careers are over, said and done, and then we and then we could go from there. Then we can go from there. If you think you got a little bit left in you, go for it. But I don't think so.
All right. There's that. And I think that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I'm not really sure what else can be added to this conversation. Do you really think that Andre Drummond could compete with Shaq Rodman, the mailman? Who knows? What I do know is this. Respectfully, I disagree with him. If he wants to see himself that way, that's fine. Double-double magnet for sure. But first of all, your playing time, I mean, you've had games, you know, sure. But your career average is 28.3. You're number 43 all-time rebound list. Uh, I'm going to say no. All right. Everybody, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Plenty more to get to. We've got just the news coming up. We've got Colorado to discuss how will they handle the fame. They went from nothing but haters to nothing but lovers. We're going to take a look at that right after this. This is Fired Up, brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Don't you dare touch that dial, my man. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show. Fired up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you missed the show live, simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, etc. Wherever you're listening, I am there. I can also be found on TikTok and YouTube. Simply look for the real Drew Duncan. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Plenty more to get to. Steve Forbes with a hell, I mean, just hell of a situation. He's going to continue to coach. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. We're also going to be talking about DJ Reed. He thinks the Jets defense this year will be historical, as in literally he said Chicago Bears historical. We've got just the news coming up. In the meantime, want to get into this. Boy, I tell you what. It's easy to be a Colorado Buffalo right now, isn't it? Not so easy about three days ago. Not so easy at all. Up until Saturday afternoon, depending on where you were, my time, it was right around 2.33 o'clock. It was not easy to be a Colorado Buffalo. And it probably wasn't that easy to be prime time. Now, look, I'm going to say this. Prime is one of those guys that he can handle it. He can now, anyways. At least he gives the persona that he can. He can take on whatever comes his way. And he's trying to instill that in his guys. And the fact of the matter is, is that when you think about the way Prime is, the way that he is, it's because Prime has an understanding of something. That once those lights go on, and all eyes are on you, 
the reality is you cannot make everybody happy. And there are still a lot of people that have kind of like this whole thing has calmed down a little bit, right? So you've got some people going, well, they'll go seven and five. They'll win eight games. They'll win nine games. You know, they should beat Nebraska. They should beat this team. But, man, I don't know about UCLA. I don't know about Oregon. I don't know about USC. I don't know about a Pac-12 title. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. You, You still have a little bit of that. But for the most part right now, just about every single journalist that's out there that decided, no, they are not going to win that football game. No, they are not going to be that good. All the coaches are still not going to be on the side of prime. Guarantee to you, they are even more ticked off at what he's doing right now. But the fair reality is, is now that you've got so many more people jock riding you than you did before, how do you handle the fame? These are still 18, 19, 20 21, 22-year-old kids. Not everybody is built for these moments. How do you keep their head on a swivel now if you're Coach Prime? How do you do it? See, that's going to be the main thing, right? Look, the higher it is to get to the top of that mountain, the harder that fall will be when that rope breaks. So if you want to be on top of Mount Everest, just know that if that thing snaps for any reason, that is a long way down to doom. And once you are there, getting there is hard enough as it is. Staying there is even harder because, man, that's just a nice little, uh, getting all the way up, you're just on, on top of that little plateau, man. You're standing on barely nothing. And it could crack and crumble from under you at any given moment. You're literally skating on thin ice. For anybody who doesn't understand why so many people are jock riding Colorado right now, you need to know something. It's not easy to convince a bunch of kids to go up and play in Boulder, Colorado, knowing that it is going to be 10 degrees in the winter with snow all up on the ground versus going somewhere like USC where it's summer all year round, Babes are in bikinis and everything is lovely. There's not a lot to appreciate about the state of Colorado other than beautiful mountains, potentially meeting some Hall of Fame players, maybe going to a Broncos game, and that's just about it, my man. Prime has done an excellent job of selling guys on why they should be there. You think that's easy? You don't think there aren't other coaches who aren't jealous just off of the fact that he could probably still use his name anywhere he goes because moms and dads and aunties and uncles all grew up watching primetime, loving the hell out of some Deion Sanders. When he walks into a room, there's star power. But is it enough star power, though, to convince somebody to go play in the freezing-ass cold? To have the balls to do what he did to maneuver that transfer portal the way that he did. All new coaching staff, all new everything. If you don't like what I'm doing, if you're not willing to put in the work, then get the hell out of here. He said in his opening meeting with those guys, and I pointed this out before in the last show, well, yesterday I should say, pointed this out before. He said, if you ain't got what it takes, then you can hit that transfer portal. Is that going to be you? Do you have what it takes to be here? Everybody, yes, sir. The one defensive starter he kept from last year's team made an interception. That kid wanted it. 
He's got Michael Irvin and Warren Sapp and these guys coming in talking to these guys. You want to be on top? You want to know what it takes to get to where you're at? Michael Irvin, uh uh-uh, you ain't going to tap your helmet on third down around here. We don't need that. We don't need you around here, Brody. You can go ahead on all over there. Giving them old school teaching. Never quit. Play for the guy next to you. That's how it is in the real world. They're not just preparing these guys, if you watch their speeches, for for the NFL. They're preparing them for whatever they're going to be once they leave there. Again, though, it's really easy right now for everybody to be on Team Dion, and he knows that. He knows it. I mean, I myself am skeptical. I'm not skeptical of the win in that it wasn't a great win. It was a great win because they were such huge underdogs. To me, the Big 12 is severely overrated. I have, in my lifetime, said that for probably about the last 10 or 12 years. Completely overrated conference. Didn't Baylor lose to Texas State? Anybody see that Texas Tech game? Come on. The fact of the matter is, I don't know how good of a win that is going down the road. I know how good of a win it is to get things started. I've I've I have flat out said that if Dion stays in college football, he'll win more than one title. And eventually he'll end up being a coach in the NFL. And I have said from the beginning, three to five years, and Dion will have that program playing for a national championship. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I have been on Team Dion since Jackson State. I've been on ten, Team Dion since he decided to make the move to Colorado. I don't give a damn what haters say. I still believe I'm a little bit more logical. The point of what I'm saying with all this is how is Dion going to get these guys to stay level headed? Because they're all celebrating right now and everything is good. When you're winning, Everything is really good, and I mean really good. It's when you get knocked down. How are you going to be able to handle that? It's not easy. Nothing is easy. Winning isn't easy. Losing isn't easy. And I guess you have to choose, you know, what your not easy is going to be. If you're going to stay winners, stay winners. I I want nothing but good things for that team just because I know the BS pressure that was put on them from so many people in the comment section who are now still kind of backing down. Some of them are sticking with it. And I'll admit, I respect that a lot more than, well, you know, I guess we'll go like seven and five instead of, you know, two wins. So I'll I'll at least give you that. I'll respect you if you stick with the hell with that. Dion's going to fall flat on his face. I'll at least respect that. But I want to, where are all the slime time people at all of a sudden? You can be mad at Dion all you want to. He did the right damn thing. Period. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. The show is called Fired Up. You can find me on YouTube. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. I'm on social media, all at Drew Duncan Radio. And if you missed the show live, you can listen to me wherever you listen to the podcast. Simply tell your device to play Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, etc. Wherever you are listening, I am there. Plenty more to get to. We've got just the news coming up. Steve Forbes with a hell of a coaching decision. DJ Reed says that the Jets' defense will be historical this season. Plenty more to get to. Don't you dare touch that dial.
Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Thank you for checking me out on Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Block 50 Global Radio. Global Radio is online all day, every day for many things, not just my show. If you are listening, in case you forget my show, do not forget that you can listen to me wherever you're listening to podcasts. I am on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, wherever you're listening. I am there. And, of course, you can always follow me on social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. That's Duncan like Tim, not the donut. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you missed the show live, simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. And do not forget, I am on TikTok and YouTube. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. Plenty more to get to. We've got Steve Forbes to discuss a little bit later on. DJ Reed. He says, well, that defense from the Jets is going to be historical. So we'll be getting into that as well. In the meantime, in between time, we've got just the news. Sometimes an opinion is not needed. Do you know that? Sometimes you just don't need any of that. Sometimes all you need is to read the news, find out what it is, and that's it. So here you go. Number one, Cooper Cup. His status for week number one is going to be uncertain, at least as of the moment. Cooper Cup has got a hamstring. And, of course, I mean, we all know what he means to the Rams. So, again, the opinions not matter, right? So we'll see how that whole thing plays out. I am of the mind, I will say this, I am of the mind and opinion that, hey, you know what? It's better just rest for as long as you can, especially this early in the season. Let that thing heal up, come back 100%. Julio Urias of the Dodgers is, well, he was, 
arrested and charged on felony domestic violence on Sunday, according to Jeff Passan of ESPN. In fact, uh, Passan says, quote, Los Angeles Dodgers starter Julio Urias was arrested and charged with felony domestic violence late last night. An officer with the LAPD tells ESPN Urias was booked in late Sunday and released early on a $50,000 bond. Uh, the records showed that he was arrested around 11, booked in at about 1 o'clock in the morning. He was released at, uh, well, basically about 5 a.m., $50,000 bond. No other details are on at this point. You've already got players that are coming out and speaking against it. People are saying that he shouldn't be playing ever again. Four years ago, he was arrested for suspicion on misdemeanor of domestic battery. It was in a parking lot near Beverly Center. So not the first time on that. As for the NFL, Nick Bosa is still absent with the Niners. They went to practice on Monday. And they're getting ready. Obviously, I think they got, what do they got, the Steelers coming up this week? Yeah, they do. Uh, they did it without both, so they weren't practicing. He's in the final year of his rookie deal. Looks like $17.8 million is scheduled for his fifth-year option. Most people will tell you that Bosa's absolutely outplayed his contract, and the two sides are reportedly still working on a deal. So there's that. Still no Bosa. 49ers are going to have to go on without him, I guess. He's not the only one. Brian Burns, he's still not practicing amid his dispute. I think they've got Atlanta coming up on Sunday. They don't know if he's going to be there for week number one. Of course, Frank Wright, their head coach, says that Burns is not practicing due to a personal matter. And he practiced last Wednesday before sitting out on Thursday. He was seen at the facility both Thursday and Monday when they had days off. Meetings were declined, but he didn't want to talk to any reporters. Said he's not involved in the contract negotiations. Said he has zero input. Said he's just worried about getting his team ready to play for Atlanta. There you go. Boy, this is this is difficult right here. Uh, in Serbia, their power forward, Borisa Simnak, uh, he lost a kidney because of an injury he suffered during Wednesday's win over South Sudan at the FIBA World Cup. The Federation announced Monday he underwent a second surgery on Sunday that required the removal of an injured kidney. Quote, due to changes in the vitality of the kidney tissue, the entire kidney had to be surgically removed. That was a statement from their team doctor. Boy, that's tough. That's real tough. Man, I hope he gets better. In the college football, University of Georgia football coach staff member Jarvis Jones 
got arrested for reckless driving and speeding charges on what was it? Looks like last Friday. Uh, police say that uh, the defensive lineman Jalen Carter they were racing separate vehicles with speeds exceeding over a hundred miles an hour. Moments early before the crash that took place in Georgia's celebration of the national championship. Man. That whole thing just keeps getting deeper. What a tragedy. I don't believe that I have any NASCAR fans, do I? No. I mean, really, it's just like dates, stuff like that, but... I just, I've never liked NASCAR. It's so boring. Just, oh, there they go in a circle. Like, you ever seen Family Guy? Go in a circle. Go in a circle. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what I'm not going to do is discuss fantasy stuff on this show. That's not going to happen. I just, I can't get with it, my man. I, I guess it's, you know, once this thing blows out of the wire, I'm telling you what, it, we're not doing any fantasy stuff. I'll tell you that right now. It's not going to happen. Hell knows, as a matter of fact. Check this out. Kyle Rudolph is retiring. Guess he entered the offseason. Said he was going to play this year. I thought he was, too. His family was removing, willing to move forever to find a team wanted him, but uh, he just said, nope. He's only 33 years old. Looks like he's going to head into the media. I don't know if he's an all-time great, but it was pretty good. Just under 500 catches for his career. 4,700 yards, 50 TDs. It's not bad. I mean, you know, it's, a, it's an average career, but, you know, he made himself a living. Put it on Twitter, and he says he can't wait to come back home. My man. Enjoy retirement, Brody. At only age 33. Yeah, he'll probably have more time with his family and kids. and You know? I mean, who wouldn't want to retire with an NFL bank and then go just right into the media? I mean, you had... You're 33. <laughs> you know? Fine wine and just chilling, man. Pretty much does it for the news. We've still got plenty to get to over here. Don't worry about that. We've got Steve Forbes to talk about. We've got DJ Reed to discuss. He says that that Jets defense is going to be all-time, my man. All-time. Not part-time, not one-time. Remembered forever in the history of the NFL. So we'll be getting into that as well. Guys, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am on YouTube and TikTok. So we look for The Real Drew Duncan. Brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. We will be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial.
Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show, Fired Up. We are brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you're listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, etc. Wherever you are listening, I am there. Do not forget... You can also find me on YouTube and TikTok. Simply tell you to or look for the real Drew Duncan Facebook, Twitter, and Instagrams, all at Drew Duncan Radio. Plenty more to get to. We're going to be talking about Steve Forbes here in a little bit. In the meantime, cornerback for the Jets, DJ Reed, says that that defense will be historical. And he didn't just say historical is in pretty damn good. He said, basically, you are going to remember us like you do the 85 Chicago Bears defense, like you do that Legion of Boom defense. I mean, basically, he's putting it up there with that Denver Broncos defense against the Carolina Panthers. The Giants defenses that won Super Bowls. I mean, that's that's the level you want to be at, then go for it. Look, I don't have a problem with anybody saying this is where we're going to be at. This is what we want to be. Here's what we're going to do, right? Because, I mean, obviously, everybody's heard me. I stood behind Prime. But here's the thing, though. Prime is a proven guy year in and year out. Prime did things that nobody else could do, like hit a home run and score a touchdown in the same week. Or when a Super Bowl with one team go to another team in the very and then that same season when you went to the other team, 49ers to Cowboys, win back to back Super Bowls. Haley did it, but still it's rare company. It's rare air, my man. And when you want to put yourself in that category, you better be damn well able to pack it up. Now, I I will say this. There are, and look, last season is last season, okay? Anybody wants to say that the Jets had a great defense last year, fine. I'm not going to support it. I'm not going to stick by it. But it is what it is. Y'all want to go off of numbers? You go off of numbers all you want to. I really don't give a damn. Here's what I do know about this season. Right now, as of this moment they're going to be opening up against the bills on monday night then after that they got the dallas cowboys then after that they got the pats then after that they have the chiefs and then the broncos and then the eagles and then the giants are you picking up what i'm putting down oh and by the way week after that chargers so here are the quarterbacks you're going to be facing pretty much right out of the gate Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Mac Jones, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, and then Justin Herbert. That is consecutive weeks. It's like, what, the first eight, nine weeks of their season? Ten weeks? So if you're going to be talking about historical defense... You're going to be putting up or shut up right away. Now, look, here's one thing. And this is something that I've said all along about Josh Allen and people don't like him. So I guess if we're going to get into this matchup, like a quick little preview of it, if you could force him to turn the football over, which isn't difficult, you're going to be able to start out really well. 
lest we forget that last season, Josh Allen had 22 turnovers. I think 17 interceptions and five fumbles. And that excludes fumbles that he had that were recovered by the Bills. That also excludes a couple of interceptions that ended up getting turned over because of penalties and whatnot. He had one game where he turned the football over five times in one game. I think that was against Minnesota, actually, if I'm not mistaken. So while everybody else is like Josh Allen is the guy, I'm not really there. And I never really have been there. He's a hell of an athlete. I think he's got a lot of fire in him. He's got some really great qualities. And I got to tell you, as a quarterback, I don't know that I would want him on my team, but I'm pretty sure I would take him. Like, you know, just kind of see what happens. But I don't think he's everything that everybody says that he is. I'll tell you that much. But to the rest of the NFL world, most people will tell you he's a really damn good quarterback. All right. Fine, let's call him really damn good. And let's say the Jets have an opportunity to prove themselves defensively week number one. By the way, that game is in New York, if I'm not mistaken. And it's Monday night. So all eyes right out of the gate are going to be on Reed and that defense. You see, the pressure was all on Aaron Rodgers in the offense. That's where it was at. That's where everybody was going to be looking up until C.J. Reed said this. Now, they're going to be like, okay, man, you think you're Darrell Revis? Go ahead and let's see what you can do, partner. Again, I don't don't take issue with him backing it up. I just want to see it. That's all I'm saying. If he can back it up, I will be the first one in line to be like, yo, Brody's doing that. That defense is doing that. I'll tell you that right now, all day, every day. That's just how I get down. See? I don't mind somebody saying what they're going to do. That that type of stuff never bothers me. To be honest with you, I pretty much will like it. I think it's all right to be flashy. I think it's all right to be braggadocious a little bit. There's nothing wrong with having confidence, man. You know, people always talk about A-Rhythm position in the NFL. You don't think quarterbacks aren't cocky, dude? Come on, man. You you don't think that? You don't think that quarterbacks don't walk around with an ego? I, I got news for you. If you met half of the QBs that you watched growing up loving them to death, you probably don't want to meet them in real life because a good majority of them are cocky for a reason. Anybody can have a brief moment on camera where they look like the nicest guy on planet Earth. It's when that camera's not on that the true a-hole that's deep down inside of them gets revealed. Point is, don't meet your heroes, kids. And the other point is, we give them a pass, but not corners, not running backs, not receivers. They're arrogant. They don't want to play any ball. Okay. Whatever you say, Mr. Joe, sir. Why do they have to celebrate like that? I don't understand it. Why do they have to run their mouths? I really just don't get it. I I know, man, but you don't have to. Okay, Brian, it's going to be fine, bro. Let him talk to talk. Let him walk to walk. If he falls flat on his face, then that's on him, right? So I love it. 
I love it. Just live up to it. I mean, those are big words. 85 Bears defense. 2013-2014 Seahawks defense. Putting yourself into that same category. I mean, to me, that just signifies, yo, we really believe we're there. We're ready. You know, there's a lot of hype behind the Jets, man. I'm not sold. I'm really not sold if I'm being honest with you. I don't believe it. That's me personally. Because again, when you look at it, that team is very young. And I think that Aaron Rodgers went there because of maybe the youth, right? You can, there's a lot of guys who can run a gun. You got Cobb again, right? So that whole thing. But did he maybe go over there because they're just going to be awed by the fact that he's Aaron Rodgers? Let's not forget when him and Jihad Ward got into it, I didn't see any guys from the Jets going over there to take care of their boy. I'm just saying we don't know exactly what's going on. He can get all the chains and everything else that he, you know, whatever from the homies. Come game time, it's going to be different. That offensive line, not the best in the NFL. He's about to find out why Zach Wilson was back there running for his life a season ago. I don't see any improvement, but it is what it is. We're going to find out week number one. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. And wherever you're listening to podcast, I am there. Still plenty to get to. On the rest of the show. Don't forget I'm on Twitter. Anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live. The show is fired up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you miss a show live, you can always listen to me on iTunes, iHeart, Spreaker, Deezer, etc. Just tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. And do not forget that I am on social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I'm on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for the real Drew Duncan. Can I even call it Twitter anymore, by the way, or, or is it X? Am I on like Facebook, Instagram, and X? I don't know. Whatever. Sounds weird to say. Twitter X, X. Whatever, man. I think we all know it as Twitter, and we'll probably all know it as Twitter forever. You know, I really wanted to talk about this because I think things like this deserve discussion. And I think, again, in talking about primetime, it's just another example of why he's so great. But Steve Forbes, the head coach, is going to be coaching basketball this season anyways, even though his wife is currently recovering from a stroke. She had it roughly a month ago. 
and Steve Forbes is still going to be coaching with the team for preseason practices and all those things. You know, I, I think that sometimes we too often forget that real life happens to people that are in sports and we don't treat them enough like people. I said it long before Kevin Durant ever did that, you know, we treat athletes like they're robots, no, no incapable of human emotion, and we just want them to go out and play their sport. They go through real life things. I mean, Deion Sanders had to have two toes taken off, right? Didn't he say they were black, just completely black? There was no ifs, ands, or buts. They were leaving his body. There's the potential of Dion losing a foot, and he's still out there walking around, coaching all the, you know, it, it just, they go through real life things. And they put a lot of things in their life to the back burner in order to be a part of athletics. There is not a single football player. There is not a single coach. I mean, come on. And it what happened with Tom Brady. Didn't we see his wife upset saying, look, he promised that he was going to retire from football and be at home with his family. That was what the whole thing boiled down to. And then everybody created all these other BS rumors and all this other stuff. The reality of it was is Brady wasn't ready to leave yet. According to his wife. He broke his promise because he just wasn't ready to go yet. How many people have sacrificed everything? You go back, you look at wrestling, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You ever watch that documentary where, you know, divorces, relationships that can never be repaired, friendships that can never be repaired, all because he was so hell-bent on being the GOAT, being the greatest wrestler that ever existed. Everything in life where you gain success takes some sort of sacrifice. And I have to give it to Forbes because it is going to be difficult to find that balance between work and home. You guys think coaching basketball is easy? You think watching game film is easy? Because when you are a collegiate coach, you also have to be a teacher. So you're teaching something. It might be gym class. It might be powerlifting, whatever, but it could also be math. I mean, I've known many of wrestling coaches who teach physics, math, science, English, history. You know, these guys go beyond the world of sports and all we see them as is sports figures. We don't want them to get political. We don't want them to do anything other than just win our games. That's it. And I think that it's really sad. And I think that Dion, part of the reason why he's getting credit is because despite what is going on with his health, he is still focused and driven on football. Not only just being there for his own children, but being there for everybody else is that second father figure, that big brother figure, that uncle. Coaches play so many significant roles. And they just don't get enough credit for it half the time. What Forbes is attempting to do is beyond anything, and we should all respect him a little bit more this season. Regardless of how things turn out, Understand 
that he is partly sacrificing what is going on at home to still go there and fulfill his commitment as a head basketball coach. And I really wish we would appreciate things like that more often. I don't think the personal lives of athletes and entertainers really for the most part is our business. But there are certain things out there that cannot be overstated. And I think in the case of Steve Forbes and so many like him, this is one of those times. J.J. Watt, what he did for Houston during those floods, it can't be overstated. You know, I had the opportunity to interview Ben Heaney one time. And, you know, he told me, he said, J.J. doesn't even know who he is, man. He's just a solid dude. We forget sometimes the good things and the good people that are involved in athletics. And I think it's a damn shame, really. Because they deserve their flowers, too. And they deserve to be known for those good things. That's all I'm saying. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you miss the show live, simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Deezer, Spreaker, etc. Wherever you're listening, I am there. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Last segment coming up in just a bit. We will be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. everybody i am drew duncan the show is called fired up and i am live do not forget that whenever you miss the show live you can always check us out after the fact simply by telling your device on whatever you listen to podcasts on or at simply say fired up by drew duncan facebook twitter and instagram is all at drew duncan radio i am also on youtube and tiktok simply look for the real drew duncan i am brought to you in part by block 50 global radio Show recap. Again, Clemson and Duke, perfect examples, right? TCU, a lot of other teams, perfect examples of why I do not deal in conferences and preseason rankings. It just doesn't do anything for me. I never think that it really ever matters. Anything can happen at any given time, and I'm just not sold on a lot of teams. I'm not sold on Clemson, not sold on anybody. The reality of it is a preseason ranking means nothing other than just maybe for the fans and some entertainment. That's really about it. And if anybody watched that game last night, you understand what the hell I'm talking about as I was breaking down in the first segment. Andre Drummond says he's the GOAT at rebounding. Bro, you're not even in the top 40 in rebounds alone. 
there are people we have never even heard of that are in front of you. Seriously, stop the cap. I've played 40 minutes yeah, and a couple of games. Sure you have, but career average 28.3. That means literally in every quarter, you're missing at least four minutes, bro. LeBron James has more rebounds than you. It's not even his primary job. You got benched in lieu of Anthony Davis. Stop it. Respectfully, of course. Steve Young talking about trading guys, Charles Haley, missing out on Super Bowls. You're damn right. It's not just about defense. Look, you you trade away key pieces. You let people go. This is what happens. Charles Haley is a perfect example. Five Super Bowls, won all of them with, with Dallas and with Frisco. Deion Sanders, one year he's in Frisco winning a Super Bowl. Literally the very next, he's in Dallas winning a Super Bowl. Neil Smith goes from KC to Denver, wins a Super Bowl. Alfred Williams, if I remember correctly, goes from Cincinnati to Denver, wins a Super Bowl. Bill Romanowski, right? So you have to keep in mind that there are gamers on both sides of the ball. They all matter, whether we like that or not. Sometimes the real MVP is not the quarterback, whether we like that or not. It's the way that it is. Steve Forbes going through it at home. Best wishes to him and his team this season. Again, DJ Reed says that the Jets will be all time. Literally cited the 85 Bears. Literally cited the 2013-2014 Seattle Seahawks defense. Look, man, I I don't, again, I'm not tripping on anybody saying that they're going to be great. I mean, at least he didn't say something crazy like, you know, Malik did after he left the Broncos and went to the Jags and predicted an undefeated season on their way to the Super Bowl. At least he didn't go completely bananas on us. It's not like he's left the reservation. He's speaking with a lot of confidence. I'm down for that. I just want to see it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And there's nothing wrong with me saying that. Again, there was a lot of news. And, and you know, I like doing this segment just, again, because I really feel like there's no reason to consistently give our opinions on everything. Not everything deserves an opinion. Sometimes it just deserves us saying, look, here's what's going on. You can do some more research on it. You decide, especially because until all the facts and something come out, I really don't like putting my two cents on it. I like to wait for everything to come out of the wash. There's what this side was. There's what this side was. Somewhere there in the middle is the truth. And even then, not in all situations, You know, do I like dissecting that kind of stuff? I'm a sports guy. This is a sports show. I'm not a political analyst. I'm not a political pundit. There's only a few things that concern politics with sports that I actually put my two cents on, like collegiate money and and marijuana. I'm just keeping it real. Other than that, there's not a whole hell of a lot. I don't think it's political to say that an athlete should manage his own career the way that he see fits, be able to get the type of money that he wants. 
or at least go after it. Now, if he doesn't get it, that's one thing. But he should at least, at least be allowed to go and get it. That's all I'm saying. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. If you miss the show live, you can always listen after the fact all day, every day on whatever podcast you listen to iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Google, Spreaker, etc., wherever you're listening. I'm there. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan. Obviously, plenty more to get to. Chiefs Lions getting close for the NFL season opener. We've got Alabama and Texas to keep an eye on as that continues to develop. Obviously, we'll be keeping on an eye on everything that is sports related. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Don't be afraid to hit me up on the show live, guys. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get to your questions and your comments live on the air. In the meantime, everybody stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Your local programming is next. Don't you dare touch that dial.